Welcome to the clubhouse. Get the beers in and sit yourself down. Hello there. Uh, this is the Rugby World Podcast. Uh, we haven't done one in absolute ages. This is coming to you, I was going to say live, this is coming to you from an alleyway in Christchurch. We are in Christchurch. Uh, Alan Dimmock here. I'm joined by Sarah Mockford. Hello. Hello. And we've been on tour with the Lions. We are now heading towards Game 3. It's already heading towards Game 3, which is bizarre. Um, Sarah Mockford, we were at the game last night. What are your memories? How do you reflect on how the Lions did last night, losing to the Blues 22-16? I think it was better. It was a better performance than Saturday. But I just, it was a very strange performance. I think they, if you look at how it started, the first 20 minutes, you were like, yeah, this is good. You can see where the Lions are trying to go. But it just fell away, particularly in the second half. They couldn't really get a foothold in the game. They fell into the trap of trying to react to what the Blues were doing. So I think there'll be a few concerns. And the way it ended, where they had that chance to you know, try and get a try from the line out, and it, I don't know, what would you call that, a brain fart? Panic. It just that was all raw went, panic. It all went wrong. The Blues cleared and they won. And you know, they're, they're probably still celebrating. Yeah, it was good fun, actually, as well. That's the thing as well. At least it was a, the game was enjoyable to, to watch. Um, maybe working on it during the time wasn't that enjoyable. But we're, right, moving ahead, we're in Christchurch. Sarah, you've had a few shockers already. What, just generally on tour? In Christchurch. Well, yeah, okay, so what I should admit is that when I was in Auckland a couple of days ago, my good colleague Dimmock here asked me how far my hotel was from the airport. So I did a little Google search, you know, so to get a map. It basically had an arrow going from the United Kingdom to New Zealand, and I was like, that's a bit strange. There's be some confusion there. Then I realised I had actually booked a guest house in Christchurch, Dorset, rather than Christchurch, Canterbury, New Zealand. Sugar. But what I would say is I've managed to cancel it for free and book another hotel that was cheaper. So, win-win. Yeah, but then last night, <laughs> last night, midnight, how these things tend to work, it's because of the time difference in New Zealand. People tend to work late into the night here to do, to do their work, to report on games here. At about midnight, Sarah and I both got a text. Our flight for this morning had been cancelled. So, all in all, things have gone really well. We managed to get here in Christchurch. We've just been for the team announcement from the Crusaders, but what we should talk about is what you expect from this game. I think it'll be probably the strongest 15 okay. we've put out so far. Warren Gatland said from the off that he wanted to start every, give every player of the 41-man squad a start in the first three games. So we already know there's about, I think there's 11 players. Obviously there's 11, 15 plus 15 equals yeah. 30. So there's 11 left that haven't had a start. So we know Conor Murray and Owen Farrell halfbacks. People like Jonathan Davis, Liam Williams, um, George Cruz, Tyke Furlong, all these guys are going to get a go. And I think a lot of people would expect that they're going to be form, a lot of them are going to be in the test team, so it's going to be really interesting to see how it goes, but they need to be good because this is a Crusaders team that hasn't lost all season. Also, I mean, I'm, what I'm fascinated to see is, when we get the team announcement, is to see how the Lions front row goes. Got Jamie George, who's uh, starting the game, remember this is a guy that's never started a game for England, but he'll be starting this game, he'll have Mako Vunapula on, on one side and he'll have Tag Furlong on the other. I mean, that is a seriously dynamic ball-carrying um, unit. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they how they go. Um, reflections on on the Blues game last night. What what would you, I, it's a horrible phrase. Key learnings. 
people say it all the time in rugby, but what do you think is the thing from the Blues game that they will take, the Lions will take away and say, right, that's something that we can build on? The scrum. Okay. I think that went well. I think, yeah, they had a clear dominance in that area. They probably could have got more out of it. Um, Pascal Gazette tended to let them, want them to play off a collapsed scrum rather than, he did give them penalties. But Ron Gatland talked about that after the game as well. Yeah, and I don't think he was that keen on that strategy from the officials. But, um, yeah, I think that's a positive. I also think their own line-out went well when they were throwing, apart from that nightmare at the end. Yeah. But Ken Owens and Maratoji seemed to run that quite well. But what I would say is on the opposition throw, they just gave away so many needless penalties and free kicks. Like, it just allowed the Blues to get territory and put them under pressure. That's the thing that I think Gatland would be most concerned about is just discipline and the amount of penalties because that was... It basically lost the momentum and they weren't able to get any phases together. The thing for me with these penalties as well is they're not... Not many of them were actually structural deficiencies. And by that, I mean the systems that were running in defence and attack isn't what led to these penalties. A lot of it was just, we ain't being smart enough here, lads. A lot of it was, for prime example, Mara Toji encroaches in the, in the line-out, gets a free kick. Then that he does it, the fourth minute. Yeah, then he does it again, and he gets a penalty. That is just not smart enough. And bearing in mind, this is a guy, Mara Toji, who we, we've all waxed lyrical about how intelligent he is in the build-up. But it's little things like that. Obviously, brand new 15, so the jitters that we saw against the Barbarians are sort of replicated again. We're seeing them again in that second game. We might even see a little bit of that in this Crusaders game because we've got 11 guys who haven't started before who are keen to put their hand up and show show what they can do to try and weasel their way into the, the test team. However, it's that sort of thing. Is you've got to hold your power jack. The other thing as well is, and this is a structural problem, last night what we saw several times was a, a winger in no man's land, try to slam the door on a player coming in. So we saw Jack Null, who the terminology people tend to use in defence is he bit, he bit hard, he decided that he wanted to rush up and close play down. And Rico Ioani, who's a freakishly talented young man. Freakishly fast young yeah, man. Yeah, also too. 20 years old. All he had to do was a little bit of movement here and then gun it to the line. Or in one case, it was almost like Jack Null said, here are, here's acres of space here, because he was standing um, too close to the play. With that sort of thing, that is a structural thing, and that's something that Andy Farrell's going to have to look at because that's two games in a row. We saw it with uh, Tommy Seymour as well, where he was having to stand a little bit too close in, and he was having to scramble a hell of a lot. You can't keep doing that, particularly when you say, "Oh, maybe we've got Julian Sabaya standing on a wing." Or Kieran Reid. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's um, it's tricky. That sort of defence that Andy Farrell wants is all about line speed, and getting in the face of the opposition, and I think that's what Farrell wants them to do, and they were doing that. But some there was just that, like you say, lack of organisation. Sometimes one of them would burst up, pain burst up a couple of times as well yeah. out of the line. And that just, if someone reads that and gets outside now, you, then you're, there's, they've yeah. created the space to get around I, it. I mean, that's one of those things where rugby players will tend to learn over a period of time what the person in saying, if they're not played them, it's going to take a while to learn how people move on a rugby pitch. They don't that, have time. That's one of those things where Jared Payne, who's always famed for his, his defensive organisation, needs to be speaking to someone inside them or outside them to say, cover me. But the other thing of that is, is I appreciate that someone might want to play a rush a defence. Um, you know, when it works, for example, when Ireland defeated New Zealand, it works beautifully. It doesn't have to be all 15 players every single time. 
It won't often be, you know, obviously they'll have the full back in the counter, but when you've got a winger who's caught in no man's land, that has to be factored for. Sometimes last night it would have been much better for Jack Null if he just jockeyed a little bit. Yeah. Played for time, played for space, moved things across and allowed play to slow down. But, you know, it's, I suppose one of the things that the Lions coaches will be talking about now is it is all a learning process at this point, and they're yet to figure out who their full starting 15 for the test will be, so this is part of that process. I think there are some... There have been some young players in these two games that have had games to forget, but also they're coming thick and fast, so they don't have time to dwell on these problems. And I suppose one of the biggest things for the coaches, and I'd be interested to know your view on this as well, is how difficult do you think it will be to look after squad morale? Yeah, I think it'll breathe. I mean, there's such a tight turnaround. This is the tightest turnaround of the tour. They've basically got two days, then they play again. Mm -hmm. So I think, in a way, they don't really have time to... It's not like they can sit in their rooms moping about what went wrong. They've probably been out on the pitch today. They're flying down here, or they're probably in the air right now. They get hit tonight, and then the team's name for Saturday, and then it's all go for that. So it's such a quick turnaround. I don't think they're going to be moping. From what we've seen so far, they're enjoying the... You know, they're putting out the 41 players in every session, even on yeah. matches. There's only about eight players that aren't even involved in the warm-up. They tend to have, like, 15... V15 on the pitch for the warm-up. Mm -hmm. So Jonathan Davis, Connor Murray, they've both been involved in... They haven't played a minute yet. They've both been involved in the warm-ups for the Barbarians and the Blues game. They're obviously trying to keep that intensity, keep as many people involved as they can, just to get that taste of it. So yeah. I think it's too early yet to talk about keeping spirits up because they just don't have time to worry about that. Get this Crusaders game, then it's on to the Highlanders. Like It just keeps coming now. There's no... No stopping, so hopefully they'll all be cheerful. Give them a coffee, they'll be fine. Yeah, a little bit on um, the, the Crusaders here because uh, we, we've just come from the, the, the press announcement there and it's one of those where they, they rattle off the name of their team and you think, oh my God. Like that's the majority, vast majority of the pack for the All Blacks. They have got some freak, again, I keep using the word freakish, but they've got some brilliantly talented uh, young players in that back line. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you here is, and you got a chance to have a, a quick chat with him as well, is Scott Robertson, head coach of the Crusaders, Razor, as they call him down here. How have you found him? That's the nickname he gave himself, you know. Is it? That's what I found out today. You'll have to read the next issue of Rugby World to find out more. Well, a bit, a bit about him, because he's a very impressive character. Yeah, I think what's refreshing about him is he's just very relaxed, he's quite chilled, like if he got any tricky questions in the press conference, he wasn't bristling about it, he made a joke about it. He seems to be really enthused with just coaching rugby. I mean, I remember watching when they won the... He was coach of the New Zealand under-20s when they won the World Cup a couple of years ago to celebrate. He did a break dance in front of the whole squad. From I remember talking to Israel Dag last year and before Scott Robertson came in and he was saying he was just really excited to work with him. He's heard he's a bit of a character. And I think it's like a refreshing change. Sometimes coaches can be really serious and can just be all about the analysis and the detail and all that, whereas he just seems more of a character. I mean, he's still young, so he probably can yeah. relate to the players quite well. But, yeah, I was really impressed. I just like that laid-back nature, very chilled. And, hey, he's unbeaten as Crusaders coach. Well, I think so. the thing as well is it's, he strikes me as the kind of guy where if you said to him, Scott or Razor... Uh, don't, do you, don't ever yeah, call a coach yeah, one yeah, of the Exactly. Scott, if you said to him, Scott, you know... You, 
because the Crusaders this season have won some games where they probably should have lost it. And you have to admit the weekend of prime example. Well, exactly. There are some games where the bounce of the ball has really gone in their hand, and he's, he's in many ways they're riding the crest of that wave. You're right. The weekend was a prime example of that. For those that didn't see it, the Crusaders were playing the Highlanders. The Highlanders, a lot of people would say, actually probably deserved the win. They sort of toughed it out, and then a last last second 40 meter drop goal from Hunt came in. I couldn't have seen it coming. No, and it was like the weirdest drop goal I've ever seen. Like I thought, there's no way that's going over because it was so quickly, like it was snatched at, wasn't it? So you sort of thought that ain't going over, and then no, three points. Yeah, and then Robertson's giving it the big fist pump in the box, and that's one of those things where I think, however the games pan out on this tour, I think what you can say is that it will be good fun because that game against the Blues. For large parts of it, was good fun to watch, yeah. particularly that that last try where, obviously, Sonny Bill Williams bursts through, draws a couple of defenders, already profited from a fantastic offload from Stephen Luatua, but then throws out his own one for a higher west to to step in and go under the post. I mean that people will be talk that will be a highlight of this tour now, yeah. whatever happens in the games, and I think we can expect that same sense of fun, at least enthusiasm, when we got the the Crusaders here. Yeah, definitely, and I think that's what's good, and that's what I liked about him. You know, there's been a lot of talk here about how people don't know any of the Lions. This mystery survey: 78% people don't know, couldn't name a Lions player. Um, those are people in New Zealand. We're not entirely sure where that survey's come. No one can find a record of it. Put that to Scott Robertson today. He starts listing loads of the Lions players that he's looking forward to watching and how good they are. So I think that's just a bit of misinformation there from some Kiwi yeah. journos. I mean, I think the, the funny thing as well is, is that I happened, I've managed to grab a chat with um, Owen Franks as well to talk about this game yeah. coming up. And obviously one of the things we want to talk about is the scrum. And as you mentioned, the scrum was a, has been a real strength, one of the strengths for the Lions so far on this trip. And we were asking him questions about that. But someone asked him, uh, Owen, did you, um, do you watch the rugby channel here? Do you keep track as much Northern Hemisphere rugby as possible? And he said, well, yeah, that's what I do. There's, I've got so much time on my hands. Of course, why, why, would I, why would I watch anything else? Well, surely you also want a break from rugby. That's what I'd say. Yep. Does he also bring his brother up for some um, inside info? Yeah, I, he does say that he spoke, speaks to his brother once a week. The, the Franks brothers keep in touch. Obviously, Ben is at London Irish. He's going to be playing in the Premiership next season. Um, London Irish signed a ridiculous amount of Who isn't so playing for London Irish? Yeah, season. exactly. Um, so that's that's all interesting. What are you expecting from this Crusaders game? Do you think that the Lions will rip it up a little bit and start again? No, I don't. I think it's. Why would you rip? There are. There's glimpses of it working. It's just trying to string it together more often, I mm -hmm. think. You know, in that first 10, 15 minutes against the Blues last night, they strung the phases together really well. It's just that trying to get that killer blow to score like Jared Payne went over his foot was in touch would it have been different if that had been Daly or Nowell in the, on the wing rather yep. than him because they would have been more used to that sort of position it's just I think there's glimpses there, and I don't think you can rip it up now you yep. know they've only had a week sort of here with the whole squad anyway yeah try and rip it up and start fresh you're just making life more difficult for yourself is there anything in this particular from this Crusaders game that you're, you're looking forward to seeing or any players that you're well, looking forward to seeing I want to know what challenge the Crusaders are going to lay down to the Lions before kickoff. Because, They're quite secretive about that, aren't they? Yeah, because it is. A, I was thinking, or oh, maybe it won't be a hacker. For anyone who's ever watched a game in Christchurch before, a Crusaders game, they'll know that um, they tend to have horses going around the pitch, like sort of knights of the round table type thing. And um, so I thought, oh, maybe it won't be a hacker. It'll be like that sort of challenge. But apparently they are going to do a hacker. 
So I'm interested to see that, not just from them, but from all the teams. Because like yeah. with the Chiefs, you know that's ingrained in them. They did it against Wales last year. They do that as part of their sort of culture building in the squad anyway. Whereas for a lot of these clubs, it's like something totally different. So it'll be interesting to see how that works. Because even last night, it was a bit embarrassing, wasn't it? Because the Blues did the hacker and it reached um, a pause point. Everyone cheered. A few of the Lions walked away from the line and then they carried on. Yeah. Because no one knew what it was going to be or how it was going to play out. It did feel very ad hoc. I think the one thing we can't say for sure is uh, in the Crusaders press conference where it was clarified that there will be no throat slitting action in the hacker so you can keep your powder dry about being angry about that kind of thing there I mean I think it would be good if they all came out on horseback with suits of armour don't you? bit of chain mail, yeah yeah that would be a brilliant opening to the game Crazy. Okay, uh, stepping away from the Crusaders, the All Blacks announced their squads for, for this series today. What have you made of that? I mean, is there any surprises for you? Well, I suppose everyone would probably... And the names I thought that are missing, Nahum Milner-Scud is out, who... But he is in the Maori is, squad. He is in the Maori squad, he's not in the All Blacks. But I suppose he's hardly played this season. But, and interestingly, Rico Oani, who was so good last night, is in. So, yeah. like, rewarding that promise. Geordie Barrett, who there's been so much talk about all season... You know, Bowden's little brother, who little brother is bigger than him, but um, so he's getting a second. I mean, he Scott, was Scott Barrettson as well. Yeah, so it's the three Barretts. But I got to use my favourite pun today. What's that? Lock Scott and two smoking Barretts. I got to use that. How? How? Just in everyday conversation. Fair enough. As you do, just throw it in. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Georgie was involved in the tour last year as like an apprentice. The All Blacks often do this yeah. thing where they bring them in. You did so it with RDCV as well. Didn't yeah, you? they can get used to the sort of setup and how it all works. So he's coming in, and there's a rugby league convert you're really excited about. Yeah, I'm going to leave you to pronounce his name. Yeah, Ngani Lamapi, who's been Very playing, good. who's been playing for the the Hurricanes, is he's one of these guys. Now, centre is an interesting one to look at because. Um, They've got, oh, what's his name? Uh, Josh Goodhue, who plays for the Crusaders, is also involved as a as a reserve. That's it's that similar sort of thing, of, yeah. uh, that apprentice situation. But Ryan Crotty's been named in the squad. He's not quite fit. He's suffered a, a rib injury. Um, the well, to be him, fair, there's a few players in there that we're still not 100% well, exactly. sure injury-wise. But, but centre's a very interesting one because Crotty, they don't think, is going to come through. But they haven't picked um, Malachi Fekatoa, Malachi Fekatoa um, which means that they, they're wanting to go in another direction. Obviously, they can get away with that because as the All Blacks do, they never drop someone in completely cold. So, for example, we've got Ant- we've got Anton Leonard Brown still there, and we've got Sonny Bill Williams. He really put his hand up, Last or should night, I say, yeah. threw his arm out yesterday. Um, but you're right. There's a, there's a few players there that we're waiting to see. So, for example, Brody Retallick has has been suffering from headaches recently. There were question marks for him. He won't be playing for the Chiefs against the the Hurricanes. Uh, Dane Coles has been out for a long time since uh, mid-March with concussion. No one's really too sure how he's going. Um, and also Ben Smith went off at the weekend with a concussion. All these guys have been selected. Uh, Kieran Reid's had a problem with his thumbs, but he's still there um, coming the in Blacks as captain. The All Blacks have given him a thumbs up. Oh, well done. Um, but I suppose the thing, actually, one of this, and I don't know if you'd agree with this, is I, I think Hooker's probably the position that they're most concerned about because Dane Coles is so much ahead of the rest in terms of that. But, I mean, ahead, actually, ironic, I shouldn't have said that. But <laughs> because of his concussion problems, you know, looking at someone else, they've got alternatives, but obviously they want him. He's yeah, the one player that you so. think he's I mean, indispensable. Yeah, if you look at the World Player of the Year last year, a lot of people felt he should have won it ahead of Bowden Barrett. Because he's so, like, he's sort of redefined that hooker role. He's so mo- mobile. Like Kieran Reedy, hangs out in those wide channels a lot. You did a piece on that for Rugby World. 
but he's so like crucial to their attack and getting involved in situations yeah. that you wouldn't normally think and he's pretty fast too yeah and while you know Cody Taylor's also a decent you know in the loose he's like a Jamie George he's not I don't think he's up to Dane Coles' level yet so I think that is and also the thing is Dane Coles has hardly played all season mm-hmm. so even if he is fit is he, are they going to throw him straight in and think that he's going to be in the same form he was last year having yeah. you know no, no rugby under his belt I mean, it's an interesting one because if you look at it, it could well be for that. I mean, I imagine it could well be in that first test that we could have a, a whole Crusaders front row, which actually makes this game all the more fascinating. Yeah, that's true because this could be the. A lot of people think this might be the test front row. Yeah. For the Lions. Exactly. So, so yeah, a lot we can learn uh, from this game. I think you're right about Cody Taylor. Um, when I did that piece um, about how New Zealand's a bit of analysis about how New Zealand um, play in wide channels, how they they flip between a a 2-4-2 formation with their forwards or a a 1-2-2-1 the way that works um, it'll be interesting to see I spoke to Todd Blackadder and he said that Cody Taylor can play in that position play in that style he can attack from wide but it's just not the same I don't think however what I would say is that they do have a warm up game the All Blacks against yeah, taking away the one advantage the Lions usually have, or any touring team to New Zealand, is that they're usually rusty in their first game, but they're playing Samoa next Friday, so that takes out that, although that'll be a physical encounter, so if there are any of those guys that are just coming back from injury, like Ryan Crott is a rib injury, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know if he really wants to be running out I against don't the Samoan think tacklers. Chucking them out against yeah, I think that might be a little bit, he'd be a bit sore after that. Um, obviously, there's there's plenty of stuff going on. We're going to get the, the full Lions team announcement. We know the, the the guys that haven't started will be starting. We've got that. But there is other rugby going on, Sarah. Um, the w- England women, for example, are playing over here. If you could just give us a, a little bit of background about this squad selection for them. Thanks, Tim, for throwing me that curveball. That was yeah. on the list. Yeah, England are over here with Australia, Canada and New Zealand. They're playing a sort of series over the next week. So the first games are tomorrow night. It's England... Well, tomorrow afternoon is England, Australia, and then Canada are playing the Black Ferns before the Hurricanes game in Wellington. Yep. So that'll be great. Then they, then it's England, Canada, New Zealand, Australia on Wednesday. And then Saturday's the big one before the Lions take on the Maori. They're calling it the Curran Razor. I don't know why I'm doing it in that accent. But, um, yeah, they're playing, the Black Ferns play England, which, you know, many people feel might be the World Cup final in a couple of months' time. So it'll be really good, really interesting to see how they go. England have made a few changes for this game. It would, I wouldn't say looking at the squad for Friday against Australia, which is the weaker of the weakest of these yeah. four teams. I mean, they don't often play as a 15. They rarely played. Sevens is the focus for women's rugby in Australia. So I think, yeah, they've made a few changes. Um... Emily Scott starting at fullback, Katie McLean's captain, Sarah Hunter's on the bench, all those sort of things. So I think it'll be really interesting to see how they go and a good warm-up into that Wednesday-Saturday game. And I think they've done it like that because they want to sort of replicate what it'll be like in the World Cup because it yeah. is like those three-day turnarounds. Thick and fast. So, yeah, they just want to see how it goes. Just like me, I think me, it's Wednesday. It might be Tuesday. I apologise if I've got the date wrong. Well... Um, that's all that's going on there. For, for those who want to keep track of us, we, we have been tweeting, we've been Instagramming, we've been Facebook living. Facebook living a lot um, through this tour. We're going to keep doing that. Rubbyworld.com. Yeah, please keep in touch with us on online, um, on the website, but also through our social channels. And But one thing that doesn't really come across from that, actually, and I just want to ask you, how, you, how, how are you so far, how are you finding the touring element? Yeah, this. I haven't really unpacked my suitcase yet, but I'm pleased that, you know, I, I remember my first Lions tour, I totally overpacked. So I've, I've done well, I've packed light, 
I think I've got the smallest suitcase of the touring jacks journalists, so I'm pretty impressed with myself for that. But yeah, it's good. I think my tour highlight so far has definitely been Waitangi Treaty Grounds. That was Sunday. Good. The Mau the official welcome with 300 Maori warriors. It was a beautiful day in the Bay of Islands. It was just really special to sort of be part of that. I've seen Maori ceremonies, ceremonies before, but nothing on that scale. Just the backdrop and everything. I thought it was phenomenal. Actually, on that, because here's, here's something. Back home, at I'm imagining that there will be some people getting their backs up a little bit. Why do the Lions have to face a haka every game that they play? Or, you know, is that a fair representation of New Zealand as, as a country? However, however cynical you can be about these things, that moment at the Waitangi Treaty Grounds was special. Yeah. I mean, even the images from that were incredible. The atmosphere was fantastic. And I think that's one of those things that genuinely felt like a, a true start to the tour. Since then, we've, I mean, we've stayed, we've stayed in Auckland twice. Uh, we've been up to Waitangi. Um, Whangarei. We've been now to Whangarei. Now we're in Christchurch for a couple of days. We're off to Dunedin. There's not really much time to settle. In fact, um, as a travelling package journalist, we're, it's not going to be until the games in Wellington that we get to spend a prolonged period of time anywhere. But actually, it's been fun. It's been that sort of thing of no, no two days have been the same. Every day you see a Lions fan, at least one. Yeah, well, of course, yeah. But, um, you know, there's, there's, you wouldn't say there's been much repetition of anything on this trip, and that's, no. that's what you want. Variety is the spice of life, as they say. Um, final thought from you, Sarah, coming up for the game against Crusaders. Um, what are you expecting the atmosphere to be like? I mean, there was, I don't know if people saw it back home, but there was a, a bit of a scuffle in the crowd yesterday um, between a Blues and Lions fans. I'm not suggesting that that, that will continue, but what are you expecting? Well, I from hope it does, and that's yeah. a disgrace. What are you expecting from the atmosphere here? I think it'll be good. I think um, Crusaders fans, are there's generally a passionate bunch down here, so I think it'll be good. And I think this is now the time we'll probably see a few more Lions fans coming yeah. out. So from now here on in every game, there'll be a few more Lions fans. So yeah, I think it'll be a good atmosphere. Hopefully with more um, rugby sound effects than those we've just had while sitting here in a shopping centre corridor. Yeah. One uh, final point from me, looking at what the atmosphere will be like in... in um, Christchurch for this game again as I was speaking to Owen Franks I asked him how important he thinks that the, how hosting this game is for the country of New Zealand and for the people of Christchurch and he made a very good point he said lost out on the ability to host a big event with the World Cup here in 2011 this is a nice reward for the people here who have been through so much since the earthquakes um, and for that reason I hope that it's a fantastically entertaining yeah, game. Yeah, me too. On that note, we're going to sign off. We're going to have dispatches from the match um, at the weekend. Keep track of us on our social channels. And you know what? Do us a favour. Go out and buy Rugby World magazine because, you know what, there might... Unlike the good people of New Zealand who know every rugby player on the planet, you might not know too much about the Lions. We've got a guide to all the squad um, for that, and we also have uh, a wall chart so you can keep track of all the results. And loads of big interviews. So, yeah, it's a must-have Lions package but it doesn't come with beeping or rolling wheels sound effects. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thanks, guys.